Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 18, Moksha Sannyasi Yoga, Yoga of Liberation. And all throughout the Bhagavad Gita, the discourse is, is indicating one thing and one thing alone, that we are bound by our own actions. We are bound by the results of our actions. Depending on the type of our actions, the results may be good, may be bad, or mixed. Those results coming to us from the world become the reaction, those reaction to the reaction become our own action. So this cycle continues. We act, the world react, we react to the reaction, and that creates the bondage, the cycle of birth and death. Going from one state of existence to another seeking happiness from one place to another. So the liberation in this chapter described is liberation from actions. How can we get liberated from the cycle of acting and reacting to the reactions? The one thing we can consider is just stop acting completely. Don't do any actions. And then we have seen that that's not possible. As long as we are alive, as living beings, Stop acting is not an option available to us. Therefore, we should do the actions which are beneficial to us to get us liberated from this cycle. So the first thing we say is get rid of all the desire-prompted actions and do the selfless actions. So in that category, we have seen as a yagna dana tapaha. Yagna, the sacrificial action, we're sacrificing something or some part of us for the greater good. Dana charity. We give back to the society what we get from the society. We are dependent on the society. In other words, our existence is not independent. It's not an island by itself. We just cannot survive by ourselves unless the whole system is functioning. We know that when there is no electricity, just the ductus is not there for a couple of days, creates havoc. Nothing works. And that time we realize how much we are dependent on this electricity. Well, that goes to everything. If it is minutely observed, our life is 99.999% dependent on others. Only 0.0001% I have a control over it. Even drinking a simple cup of coffee or tea I really have not much control unless the entire chain of growing coffee to all the way coming to the Kroger and I can buy from there. If the chain is broken, my coffee is gone. So Bhagwan said that one who realizes this and then act 
with that attitude of yagna and dana, and then tapas is the austerities to discipline myself to think in that manner. It should not be given up. Now that we have been talking about actions all throughout, let's understand what is the anatomy of the action, how an action takes place. So we have seen that there are five causes for any action, whether good, bad or ugly, whether it's performed by my body, by my speech, or any other way. There are five causes. We have seen that requires the body, various organs of perceptions, various organs of actions, the ego, and the natural elements. If one of these five is missing, the action does not take place. So now I say, what, who is the actor in it? When naturally I consider myself is the actor, the myself, I did it, then myself is the actor. And Bhagavan said, this self is not really the actor. Myself, as we have seen throughout this Bhagavad Gita, is no different than the universal self. My action takes place in the presence of the self, but not by the self. An analogy we have discussed is, this room is possible because the space was available here. The universal space was here, in Henrico County, before this building was built. They had to import probably everything which is in this building, including the drywall and the framing material and the concrete and the shingles and the roof. Everything was imported from somewhere, not from Henrico County. Probably came from somewhere else. One thing was never imported from anywhere else, but always belonged to Henrico County, the space. Space was always here. In the presence of this universal space, I could create a room space. So, the creation took place of a room space, but not the space. Same way, Bhagavan said, the self is present in all actions, but is not acting. It is the prakriti, the manifest world, which is conditioning itself, is acting, which is my body, my mind, my intellect. And that sense of ego, the conditioned consciousness, just as the room space we call as a conditioned space, conditioned by all the conditioning, now it has its own identification, we call the room space. Same way when I say myself is the actor, it is only the conditioning of the self which is acting, which is the body, the mind, and the intellect, but not the self. So Bhagavan said, one who considers that the kevalam atma, the pure self is acting, he is deluded. He is now confused about who is the actor. So therefore, one must also know the nature of actions and what prompts the actions. So then we are saying that there are gnanam, gneyam, parignata, or trividha, karma chodhana. The knowledge, the knower, and the known are the three propeller of action. If the knowledge does not take place about this world, no action will take place. 
Therefore, there is no action in my deep sleep. In deep sleep, no action taking place other than those bodily functions which are involuntary. But I am not acting. There is no ego. I mean, I'm breathing in my deep sleep. I don't take great pride. Neil, great, you're doing well. It's only you're sick. Then you're breathing, then the nurse, you're doing well, Neil, you're doing well. <laughs> I had an experience because in my surgery, the, the next thing they give you is the breathing exercise. And then you have to blow that, whatever the balloon up to go up to and say, when it goes, oh yeah, you're doing well, you're doing well. Now, every day nobody congratulate me for that. Because those are involuntary actions that are taking place without my knowledge or my efforts. And therefore, in deep sleep, there is no action taking place and I'm not bound by any of those results because I'm not aware of this world. So, gnanam, gneyam, and parignata, all three are missing in my deep sleep. Karanam karma karta iti trividha karma sangraha. What propels actions is the knowledge. Knowledge, nowhere unknown, when the three comes together, it creates the cause for the action. An action takes place when there's a karanam, the equipment is available, the action and the doer, the actor is available. Then the action materializes. So now that we have understood what prompts the action and what makes the action materialize, let us see what is the nature of action. So the next verse says, Gnanam karma cha karta cha trideva guna bhedataha prochyate guna sankhyane yathavat srunu tanyabhi now Bhagwan now telling Arjuna, listen carefully. And Swamiji says here, uh, it almost looks like redundant expression here because Arjuna was listening carefully all throughout. So why is that put here? Swamiji said, it's telling us that now pay attention. All the students of Bhagavad Gita now pay attention because there's something important we will be discussing. So what it says, Gnanam Karma Chakartacha. Knowledge, action, and actor. All three are of three different types. Accordance with the characteristics, accordance with the gunas. As described in the Sankhya philosophy, philosophy of gunas. Kapila's Sankhya Yoga basically describes the three types of characteristics of everything in this world. And we have over and over discuss sattvic, rajasic, tamasic. These are the three qualities of maya. Maya, which is trigunatmeka, which is three qualities. Maya is the one which makes this plurality out of singularity. One exists, but I see them as many because of this maya. Maya literally means yama, that which is not. That means it's an illusion. It's like a magic. The magician creates an illusion. So now they actually don't call them magician. They call illusionist. They are clearly saying it's an illusion. I'm just creating illusion. Cutting that woman into two and we are worried. The woman happily laughing and moving her hand. But I'm worried what's happening to her. Two pieces go on one side of the stage and other on the other side of the stage. And I'm saying, what's happening here? It's an illusion. But it's a reality for the spectators. So Vedanta says, all the world which I see as the field of my action is an illusion. 
And I see that as real. This illusion has three aspects of it, which is the sattva, rajas, and tamas. The activity, inertia, and the pure knowledge. So now everything which falls into the part of the prakriti has the three gunas. And we have previously seen action takes place in the realm of prakriti only. Not in the realm of purusha, the self. As I said, this space can be created in the realm of the materials only. Not in the realm of the universal space. I cannot create space as an architect. I can condition the space which you allow me to condition. You say, I want a half an acre lot, Neil, but I want to build a garden or a park which is three acre Why? Well, not possible. Because I don't have space available. You have only half an acre. I can only do what I can do within half an acre. Because I'm not the creator of space. I'm the conditioner of the space. I can condition your space to make it more conducive for you to use. So the same way Bhagavan said, the action only takes place in the prakriti and therefore it is bound by all the qualities of the prakriti, which are the three gunas. So now the jnana and karma, the knowledge which is taking place in this world and the action which I am performing are also part of the prakriti and therefore they are bound by those three gunas. And Bhagavan said, listen to those gunas carefully for both the jnana and a karma. Now, next three verses takes the three qualities of jnana. Now, some of us who had been listening to this can already predict what those are going to be. And still, Bhagavan said, pay attention. That means we have not been paying attention so far. Sarvabhutesu ya yena ekam bhavam avyayam ikshate avivaktam vibhaktesu tad jnanam viddhisatvigam we all consider ourselves to be very knowledgeable, educated, intellectuals. I can think for myself. I can observe and come to inferences and conclusions of what this thing is all about. And I consider that as knowledge. So Bhagavan said, okay, this is a test. If your knowledge lets you see this universality in this plurality, then your knowledge is sattvic. Sarvabhutesu ena ekam bhavam avyayam ikshate In all the beings, the one who sees that immutable reality, avibhaktam vibhakteshu, even though the world seems like is divided into many different types of beings, but if I can see the one which is undivided in this divided beings, that's the knowledge which is inherent in my intellect. Then Bhagavan said, Tad Gnanam Viddhisattvikam. Consider that knowledge to be sattvic. Is completely pure. Seeing things as is, is sattvic. That is what we have seen is, that which is not colored by my mind, my intellect, my desires, my vasanas. When do I say the day is pretty good? If it is conducive to my liking. If we have a outdoor party and that day it is raining, do we consider that day is a good day? No. But you have just done the gardening and planted some flowers or whatever and that day it is raining. 
Thank God, I don't have to water today. Perfect day. I just planted right in time. Your good and bad is colored by your liking and disliking your needs. But one who sees the reality without this coloring, Bhagavan said, he will see this oneness in all the beings, that universal thread of that avibhaktam, that one immutable, the Lord, the all-pervading self, he sees in all the divided beings. Swamiji gives example that a goldsmith, no matter what the shape and form and color as we have discussed last time, he only sees gold. You go to the Sony and say, this is actually my very favorite necklace, so you need to give him a little more money for that. And you think, well, I don't really care. I'm just going to put weight and then tell you what the value it is. Name and form is not relevant to the goldsmith of the gold ornament. In the same example we have seen, the one who sees the mud in all the mud parts. So we consider that goldsmith is the wise one who sees gold through all the ornaments. That pot maker who sees mud in all the pots is the wise one. One who gets confused like us and says, I think, is it gold or is it roll gold or something used to, right? Remember we used to roll gold. I don't know if it's still there. Is it really gold or roll gold? <laughs> something like that it used to be when I was growing up. Because it was confusing for a layman. But for a goldsmith, he knows which is fake and which is real. So if you're a layman working in this world as a knowledgeable being, then you are going to get confused. But you work as an expert about the reality. You will see through it that the universal being is functioning through all these divided beings. So Bhagavan said, Tadgnanam Viddhisattvikam. Know that knowledge to be pure knowledge. The next, obviously, it says, Prithaktvenati Yadgnanam Nana Bhavani Prithakvidan Vitti Sarveshu Bhuteshu Tadgnanam Viddhirajasham. Now that if I see Prithaktvenatu Yadgnan, that knowledge which make me see the variety of being is different from each other. Sarveshu Bhuteshu, in all these beings. When I see the being, I say, well, he is different than that, and this is different than that, and that's lower, that's higher, that is more awareness, less aware. All this when my mind sees, and my intellect approves, and I consider that the knowledge has taken place, Bhagavan said, Tadgnanam Viddhi Rajasam. That's a Rajasic knowledge. So where do we fall? Into Rajasic knowledge. We have this strong identification with this body, mind and intellect, which consider that to be me. So now I'm going to say that everything I see other than me is the world. Now in this world I also see the gradations of things and beings. And then I use my discrimination. That which is conducive to me, and I want to be closer to that, that which is not conducive to me, I want to avoid them. So I then divide that world into two. One that I like, one that I do not like. Then I divide my life into two. All my efforts to gain the things which are conducive and appropriate for me and avoid the things and situations which are not conducive. My life pursuit goes into these two actions, pravrittim and nivrutti. 
pravritti into getting things which I want, nivritti from things which I don't want. So Bhagavan said that knowledge is rajasic. It's a passionate knowledge, colored by my mind and intellect. All these gunas we had been talking about, even though it may belong to the Maya for the entire world, it is only applicable to me as the gunas of my mind and intellect, my internal instrument, antakarana. Therefore, the quest in Vedanta or any spiritual seeking is to purify the antakarana, antakarana shuddhi. More I purify my internal instrument, the perception from the world outside will change. More purer the instrument, the purer the perception. And as we have seen in the previous word, if the antakaran is very pure, close to 100%, I'll see the world as nothing but a one reality. In the next verse, say, Yattu Krishnavat Ekesmin Karye Saktam Ahaitukam Atatvat Arthavat Alpamcha Tattamasam Udahrutam. We have seen the sattvic knowledge is a rajasic knowledge. We are convinced all of our knowledge is rajasic. But now let's make sure, okay, if you are not sattvic, at least that's a quest. That's my journey from where I am to sattvic. I see divisions. I see mine and yours. But let's make sure that I don't fall into this. Yattu Krishnavat Ekesmin. Krishnavat, the whole. Ekasmin, the one karye, ekasmin karye, one single effect. If I consider that to be the whole, this is the reality and everything else is not real. When I see that, saktam ahaitukam, and get attached to it without any reason, without any cause, I see an effect and consider it to be the whole, it attached to that effect as the reality and do not analyze its cause. How it comes into existence, why I consider it to be the whole, why I consider nothing real outside the fact. No foundation for this logic that I have that this is reality. Alpam, it's a narrow view I have. Other people come and say, Neil, that's not true. This is not night right now. You're on a Sunday morning. I say, no, it's night right now. Because there are lights on. Why would you have lights on if there's not night? I am not analyzing the situation that this room has no windows. And therefore, whether it's a day or night, I need to have this electricity going. When we design the building and if we are getting LEED certification, daylight usage is the most important part. We Americans were completely completely spoiled. We designed our building, I'm talking about the architects, that we designed the building without no consideration for the natural light and natural air. So we have all buildings sealed. The GO building has a one single floor plate, it's 250,000 square feet, and you probably cannot grasp the idea, but an average building is about 10,000 to 20,000 square feet floor plate in office building. GO building is 250,000 square feet. No windows other than the peripheral. So 90% of the building relies on artificial light. I used to go to Europe. And I say, why these buildings are so narrow in Europe? We have big buildings, they're narrow buildings. There the code was that every room must have daylight. So your building cannot be deeper than two rooms in a corridor. So you have about 15 feet or so 
15 feet is on this side and 5 feet a corridor. The building is only about 35 feet wide. Here our buildings are somewhere about 100 to 120 feet wide. So only two 15 feet strips on the outside gets light. Now, if I'm not, not a knowledgeable, I would say oh, there got to be night all the time in this room. There's no day ever occurs here. Now if I get attached to that view, that because there is no light, it's a night, but do not have the cause analyzed, then my knowledge is tamasic. I'm confused. Somebody will say, Neil, we need to take you to some good psychiatrist because you are not recognizing the difference between day and night. You're deluded. Delusion has taken place. That because this room does not have light, it must be night. Not analyzing the cause why the room does not have light. Bhagavan said, if you get attached to a single effect, Without analyzing the cause and have a very narrow view, then that knowledge is tamasic. Now, obviously, in spiritual seeking, when you superimpose that in your quest for spiritual quest of evolution, if you consider my this God is the only God, everyone's God is not really God. My God only takes care of my people. And he does not care about the rest of the world. That knowledge, Bhagavan said, is tamasic. Tatat tamasam udahrutam. Such a knowledge is tamasic. So our at least goal in introspection is, let's make sure that I'm not falling into that narrow view of knowledge, that I consider everything that I know is right and real, and everything what he said or she says is of no value. Or I do not need to find any logic or a cause for what I believe in. Then it's a tamasic knowledge. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om